You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. You're listening to the last Fullcast recorded for the 2016-17 season that will actually have anything to do with the game that we watched. It was a good one, though. We get to end with the national title. Joining me, as always, I'm Spencer Hall of SB Nation and EDSBS.com. I wrote a thing on the game, which was really fun, because turns out my wife being very kind, got me some coffee. Because you know, it's going to be a late game. And you know that Clemson, they, they like to run a lot of plays. And if the game's going to go well for them, they, they're going to run a lot of plays, and that makes a longer game. Particularly when you have ABC, ESPN selling ads against all this. We're going to be taking some pretty luxurious commercial breaks from time to time. And in doing so, you're going to have to be up late. So did the pregame nap? And my wife kindly gave me uh, some cold brew, right? Are you, are you familiar with the cold brew? It's like the Regis Philbin question, right? Have you heard of the cold brew? Yeah, that, have, I mean, it's a Regis Philbin question in the sense that, yes, old man, we definitely have heard of the cold have brew. Have you tried it? Have it's, you tried the cold brew? Hope it's great. What is that? It's like, it's like some Midwestern meal. Like hot plate. <laughs> cold scrapple. Lukewarm ditch. Yeah, that's uh, cold brew is is cold brewed coffee, uh, which is uh, very smooth, strong but very smooth. All right, and I tried it, you know, because I I didn't try it, I, I drank it because I'm obviously deeply familiar with every stimulant on the planet. And I will tell you this, dear reader, it was good. Which is a weird but, thing to say, considering you watch a lot of Florida offense. But anyway, please continue. Uh, how do you think I managed to make it at all? <laughs> Ryan Nanny, by the way, roasting me for liking the team that he allegedly likes. Hi, Ryan. 
hi i miss you uh love you son uh <laughs> also chiming in there with the uh, old man vibes hey jason kirk our college football editor how you doing uh hey um so the season's over uh so so that part's good yeah that's pretty crazy now i will tell you my season lasted a little bit longer than yours because the cold brew coffee that i consumed an entire bottle of um it was espresso how late did you stay up so i got my thing done at about 4 a.m Spencer and I were both up until at least 5 a.m. Wow. We, we, we were talking edits on this thing. Yeah, so, and that's a full having awakened at 6 and only taken a 20-minute nap in between at 6 a.m. I was awake at um, 5.30 a.m., and I was up so late that I took the garbage out at 5.30 a.m., and my neighbors were, were getting up to go to the gym. My like early bird neighbors. So Dabo Swinney turned you into a nocturnal animal. Uh, basically that and the power of uh, I, what I can only assume was espresso concentrate meant for 20 days consumption that I drank in a single night. When I woke up at 11, I felt like I had been time traveling. This and- is This is always the most fucked up day of the year as far as scheduling goes because... I, I'm used to, you know, going to bed around like three and getting up at like six after a Saturday and before, you know, the, the Sunday after a college football Saturday. So like being on a schedule, something like that. And then like, wait, why is why is everyone going to work? Why is there why is there no in it? Like the sensation of actually m- e- there's no Eli Manning on the TV. What's happening? Like missing Eli Manning is that's a strange that's a sensation. weird sensation. Is there a justifiable business reason why we how we can um watch a national championship in Hawaii next year? Yeah, we, that got, would we just gotta do it with Big Bob. Yeah. We we have to do either that with Big Bob or we go out there and discuss business while we do it. Right? Like we literally we just have to Harumph, raise a glass and say Let's, business. We're doing business, a, we're doing we're doing a feature on Nick Rolovich. There you go, boom. Yep, all of us. America's next great coach. He's getting the full treatment. <laughs> Takes three people to do that. Um, we are we are each asking him a question. How how you want, the, the, the you, bottle of if cold you want brew? Listen, yeah, the bottle of cold brew. The yeah. bottle of cold brew. How many servings was this bottle allegedly? I don't. Know. You know, other people look at those things. I was gonna say. I realize now that I'm I'm asking if you looked at a serving size, and that was a mistake. Uh, yeah, I did not look at the serving size. I did not actually look to see if it said espresso on the side. I did very little investigation. It's astonishing that I'm alive. That's generally... Uh, ironically, I think that should be put on your tombstone. It's astonishing that he's dead. <laughs> it's it took astonish- this long. He made it this far, huh? The, the thing that, that I would say is this. Drinking that much coffee and being prepared, really, I was totally amped and definitely in the right frame of mind to understand everything happening in the coach's room. If you do not know, Clemson beat Alabama 35-31. I feel bad if you had to wait this long to find that out. <laughs> if, you had, if, if, if we are your sole source for this news and you had to wait, A, until we recorded this the night after the national championship, 
Uh, B, it won't actually come out until Wednesday. And C, we are like five minutes in already? And you had to wait. I mean, what's five more minutes in? That's true. That's a good point. That, I do, I do, I do hate it for the seasoned list. Like, if there's a person who is like stuck in Antarctica or something, and they know that this show is their only way to get the score, but they they overestimate how long it would take, so they skipped ahead thirty minutes and they just missed it. <laughs> I do like Rob, Rob Rob Hubel, the creator of Minions and Despicable Me, uh, also accomplished comic actor and Clemson grad posted a video of himself at the end of the game, panning across the stadium and then appearing in the bottom going, I fell asleep. What happened? And I did not think anyone could sleep through this game, especially because I was real amped on legal stimulants. Unfortunately, someone did our very own action cookbook contributor to EDSBS who fell asleep during this game. Like I'm old and I know that, Eventually, I will start falling asleep during things. This game was not one of those. Maybe initially. If I'd gone, it would have been the first quarter or so when I was pretty sure we were falling into another Alabama despair trap. But no, listener. No, this did not happen. Although this game was this game was 14-7 for a real long time. You know what, what Cookbook's punishment is. He now has to watch non-major golf. <laughs> you gotta true. watch like the Greater Hartford Open or something. The, fir- the, f- the first round of the Greater Hartford Open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll he'll get on it. He'll be excited about it too. He'll be like, "Oh man, Ricky's really really crushing the irons." <laughs> um, you know. All right. See, so, but talk. I want you to talk. T- tell me about the coach's feed because, despite working for a sports media company. Uh, we, who the New York crew, who watched it in the office last night because we did a live show before and after, we found out that we do not get ESPN News and could not watch the coaches, the coaches' version of the game broadcast, which was deeply dissatisfying to me. So, can you walk me through it at all? I can. It was, uh, it was the following coaches arranged in a around a sort of conference table. The conference table from time to time, by the way, during the broadcast was refreshed with snacks. We're going to come back to the snacks. So ESPN, if you don't know, they have multiple channels, right? You can watch like a Homer channel that's all Clemson and another Homer channel that's all Alabama. And then you can watch the SEC feed and that had like Jim McElwain. You don't need to listen to him. And then there was the main feed. And then you could watch one of two alternate channels, the alternate channels being uh, one channel that had like Michelle Beadle and Rachel Nichols. Marcellus Wiley and Bill Walton. Bill Walton, who was caught coming back from commercial talking about how there's no reason that marijuana should be a Schedule One drug. Which, yeah, you're correct, Bill. Your case is not quite as strong as it would be because you're wearing a giant Uncle Sam costume. Jay Billis hated him, by the way. Like, couldn't stand him. Jay Billis was just sitting there, like, staring daggers at Bill Walton, like, everything wrong with the world. Like, if you want to know what it would have been like if Bill Walton had somehow ended up at Duke, wouldn't have lasted, man. About 45 seconds of Bill Walton biking off that campus and going to UNC Greenboro. Because, no, they, they did not get along. Like, Bill Walton's like, you should really try DMT. And, <laughs> you know, Jay Billis is like, I was in a movie where I played a cyborg. I quote Young Jeezy lyrics at 6 a.m. every day. Sometimes with the naughty bits. Yeah, deleted. Mostly deleted. So that was fine. 
But if you did not, and if you have not tried this particular speed, and if you are, I think at heart, you would all say that you are, the, the three of us are probably unhealthily obsessed with football. Uh, I'm probably the most out of the three of us, and that the technical angles of football are interesting, I think, too. Uh, Jason, you're fairly interested in those. Yeah? Sure. I mean, you, you find them at least marginally fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I have enough, and at this point it's my job, so sure. All right, and I still find these things like really, really, really interesting, especially the way coaches talk about them. It's nothing but these coaches just geeking out, right? If you really like people who are involved in arcane arts, focusing on something for like three to three and a half hours and completely geeking out on it, watch the coaches feed. Because it was Dino Babers of Syracuse, Steve Adazio of Boston College, who's really good, by the way, when he's just sitting there watching a game and picking stuff apart. He's great at it, right? Mostly the run game. <laughs> it was He wasn't really calling the pass game that much. It's like, oh, here's, here's this run play, and then a pass down would happen, and he would go, oh, that's good. Um, that's why you have Dino Babers, though, right? Oh, man, Dino. Like, We'll come back to Dino. Dino's amazing. Uh, Dino Babers, uh, Kalani Sataki from BYU, who is great because he's got no neck. He has the most amazing head-shoulders transition you've ever seen. He's a former fullback, and he is built like just just a one giant brick of man. Dave Doran of NC State, who I think was surprised to find himself there every three minutes. I think he was nodding off. and would just sort of come to like, whoa, hey guys, how you doing? I don't know how he runs a football team. It's very low energy. Matt Rule, who was great at commentary and very perceptive. And Matt Rule of Baylor, which feels so weird to say. He also, by voice and by demeanor, is either, like I said last night, the financial advisor who's telling you your savings have been vaporized, or he is the tiny dog who hangs out with the big dog going, Hey, Spike! Hey, Spike! You want to go down to the junkyard and chase cats? Like, that was... That, that was him. You get the idea that like he's the small, extremely enthusiastic pug of a man who gets a team going. So anyway, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. Oh, Mike McIntyre, who signed a big contract, and a third of the content in the ESPN coaches room was ribbing Mike McIntyre about the very large contract he had just signed with Colorado. And, and or ribbing him for the punter he let get out of Colorado, right? That is correct. There is no more savage burn on a coach than to be in Colorado and for Bama to steal your punter. That's what they'd go. Oh man, that's a real nice punt, man. Can you imagine that at altitude? And he's like, ah, ah. and you could tell like it kind of, it kind of chapped him like, you know, like, yeah, sure. It's a joke, but coaches are like, I did let that punter get away. God damn it. So if you did not watch it, it moves so fast. And by the time they can finish a play, right? The screen is like, here's the game. Here's a screen. And, and there's, like, a shot of the coaches. By the time the play happens, whoever has the remote at the table, and they sort of share it, whoever has the remote rewinds it before the play stops. And they've already figured out what happened, right? When you're still like, where'd the ball go? Is that? They're like, okay, here we go. Three technique really messed up here. Like, they've already started rewinding it before the play is over. The minute it is sort of down, they're like, back. And it was, for the first quarter, I almost had a seizure. And then for the remaining three quarters, I was locked in. So by the time it came to actually write about the game, you're like, I know everything that happened. Literally. I could stare through time. It was amazing. But especially, like, okay, 
Jason, um, you were up and awake and functional at the very end of the game, correct? Yeah. Well, right. the uh, uh, the first two of those, yes. Okay. So one second left on the clock. What was Clemson's situation? Clemson had the uh, well. <laughs> it's a few plays happened in the last second. The, the onside kick is that what we're referring to? Yes. Okay. Clemson was kicking an onside kick. Right. So they had one second left to go, and they opted for an onside kick. Now, this is was this an obvious call to you? Uh, no, no. I would have expected probably like a squib. All right, Ryan. What would you have done in that situation? I I think I agree with Jason. Or they had also. Um, it felt like they'd intentionally kicked it high and short a bunch, and I thought maybe that was going to happen again. Something where you give it, you send it to somebody who's not a major kick returner. You make sure you've got them surrounded, so there's not going to be any pitch foolishness, and that's it. That decisiveness is completely absent in the coach's room at that moment. It was like, it was the chief moral challenge of our time to figure out what you were going to do with that. Like I've, I've never, I've never seen that many men arguing sort of that intensively and with this much self doubt, like all the, like, well, I don't know if this could happen or oh, you could do that or you could kick it out of bounds. Then you get it down. Cause you can't end it on a penalty. Like it just kept going and going and going. Like they were, if you wonder how coaches can just sit at a whiteboard and talk for seven hours, it became readily apparent when all they had to do was deliver one opinion on how to get the ball off of a foot with one second left against Alabama. Like they were, it was like a parliament of gaggling, like it just apes all sitting there arguing. It was great. I, I was, I was very happy with it. The football geek in me cannot recommend it enough. It kind oh, of hey, sounds, also- yeah, it kind of sounds like going to like a architects convention or something where you're like, these guys are really excited about trellises. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's like, like watching people play Magic the Gathering. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they re-air it on like ESPNU or whatever for the next month or so, right? Like it's it's not too late for people to for people to catch up on this. Yeah, I if I had to if I had to make one off season prediction, Spencer will watch it again and write about it. Yeah, I'm gonna write about it. See, I they really ought to make make like a. I mean, they really ought to just post this entire thing. ESPN should. Uh, they will. Um, they also. Um, they also. I think they should have the annotated version, right? Where you're like, this guy was totally wrong. Oh, like they the should, pop, like the pop up video version of it. They should. Yeah, they should. They should be like, you would have lost if you had done that. Mix in some Bill Walton. <laughs> Just when you least expect it. Two weeks later, Steve Adazio accidentally put ground pork in his car engine. Yeah, that's just so you. So you really like you got to feed protein into this. Well, it's got it's got grease, right? That's like oil. I like this group because this is about the chillest group of coaches possible. Like maybe you could squeeze Mark Richt in there. Um, and like PJ Fleck was in the group, but it's you know he was busy recruiting, and it's also kind of like well he's. Kind of, a little, kind of a little bit too uh, tuned up for this particular group. I don't know and if he would did. fit in all that well. Oh, they did, and they just, you know, he just downgraded what Kalani Satake just stepped right in, and he was he was good as hell, sitting there drinking water, only water. BYU people, he wasn't he wasn't indulging in the devil's the devil's jiggly juice of coffee or Coca Cola. Did we ever get any okay. confirmation what pizza they brought? 
I don't know, but Adazio was housing it. He was dominating it. Like, Steve Adazio, the coach for Boston College, is this bald-headed Sergeant Slaughter-looking dude. And when the pizza came... By the way, every time snacks or pizza arrived, oh, the room lit up. Like, ooh, and, and they didn't ooh. kill their mics either, right? So you just heard them chomping on. <laughs> they didn't kill their mics the whole time, man. They just let them go. And it was great. It was like my dinner with Andre, but with like slightly less. <laughs> Except like, my dinner with Andre like, where? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, these guys the whole time talking nonstop, they, in watching everything, they're really, they're simultaneously forgiving, but not. Dino Babers the entire time was, you know, Captain Caveman. All he wanted to do was attack. That's it. So every time any of the offenses went conservative whatsoever, he'd go, RPO that! Or, four vert! Or, like, he was, he was a Viking! He was absolutely savage! That's, that's, a, that's a man you do not want to play in NFL Blitz. No! Because I know what he's doing! You know what play he's calling! Everyone, he's calling the bomb. The bomb. Yeah. So he would do. So he's like, it was great. He was like aggressive as hell. Like Bama, the best part was Bama would show. They would go to great. Like I, I will tell you this: everything Clemson was seeing in terms of coverages, it was so cool because uh, what Bama explained to me for the first time last night exactly how hard it is to read what Nick Saban does on defense. It's real hard. Like what Clemson did last night was kind of amazing because they roll off their coverages and they hide what they do so well. That's in addition to being better than you. They also hide what they do brilliantly. Every single time the guy like pre-snap would be like, they go, yeah, they're showing cover two and they roll back to a one or they roll back to a three and they do it really, really well. And by the time you figure it out, you got 1.8 seconds to throw the ball. It was astonishing watching them break that down. But every time they do that, Dino Babers would go, RPO that! Like, run pass option, right? He's like, RPO that! Like, simplify that shit! Like, you could just hear Dino Babers like, I can't stand this! <laughs> and then, the most amazing thing happened, and it's like the, the storyline of the entire game. And it's that somewhere around that, like, 50 or 60 play mark, Bama had to get simple because they were tired. And even when they were trying to pull this stuff off, they started blowing assignments. And that's when Clemson started eating them alive. They and also, it was- yeah, but there also was a. It feels like there was also a thing where even if they didn't blow assignments, Clemson's receivers were just like, "Nah, we're just yeah, we're just gonna go up and grab these." Sorry, well, thank you. Well, they 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 started they they got man, they got man coverage, and they but were. But it was better. it was they it were, was it they, was good man coverage. It wasn't like they were getting a ton of separation. No, they're just better. Yeah. Mike Williams and Leggett and 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 Renfro were just better. Deion Kane point, was great. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Deion Kane was great, right? I think they had did they have three receivers who were over a hundred yards? They had four receivers who were over ninety. Four over ninety. Yeah. That's it that's unreal against Alabama. I mean, think about this. Did Clemson really even I mean they tried. They stayed loyal to it. Did they even run the ball real effectively? Not, I mean, they they were respectable, if unimpressive, I would say. I mean, I like they had. I, I want to say, I, I mean, I know they had over. I think they had over a hundred yards. 
Uh, no, they had they had ninety one yards. Ninety one. They and, were so close, and they averaged uh, less than two and a half yards a carry. Yeah, but how many attempts did they have to get that forty two? Which it's, is, a I mean, it, it's it's a very weird part of this game that, I mean, some of it is just that they they were on the field so much more, but. They ran the ball. Uh, they ran the ball more than Bama, and I really didn't expect that would happen. Especially once you look at how effective Bama was on the ground comparatively to Clemson. I don't know. I mean, they had more attempts to work with, right? Like that yeah. was the that was the philosophy. Bama was Bama was. I mean, the stat you will hear cited from this game time and time again is third down, because Alabama ended up being two for fifteen on on third down. Do you know when those two happened? Uh, no, I do not. They were both in the first quarter. The last three really? quarters of the game, Alabama went 0 of 10. Good night. Yeah. Really? Yep. The, the Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson's great. Those receivers are great. The defense, is, will prob- the defense will not get enough credit for keeping this game close for long enough and 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 not letting it completely go out of hands because it very well could have. There were, it felt like there were a ton of possessions, not just the turnovers, but where Alabama starting with the ball at their own forty or thirty eight or something like that, and Clemson just said, "Nope, you don't get points right here. Like this game is not. We're not going to let you slowly choke the life out of us." And the fact that they were able to do that, um, and and force punt after punt after punt. Even when it wasn't tur- turning into points on the other side, just keeping Clemson around long enough so that A, Bama could get tired on defense, and B, Deshaun Watson could be Deshaun Watson. That that was, I think, the like most quietly impressive thing to me. Jason, when you look at where did this turn? Because I, I like I was in full Alabama despair mode up until. Up until third quarter, actually beginning of the third, when I noticed the play count. Yeah, that's what that's what everybody's pointing to. Bama got sleepy, which that that happens when you're used to the game already being in hand by that point, and you're chasing around a bunch of similarly talented players. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, I, I think I think people made a bit too much of uh, both Scarborough's injury. Obviously, he's great and all that, um, but Bama has like eight guys who are you know, pretty comparable to him, um, you know, and, and yeah, they threw a lot, you know, they threw a lot late. Um, but that was also when, uh, you know, when Clemson had a lead, you tend to throw more when your opponent has a lead. Um, do you think, by the way, this is the other question. Do you think Sarkeesian did a good job? This is the, this is, this is fine. It was fine. I mean, it's tempting to say he blew it or whatever, but, Clemson has a good defense, and uh, Bam almost won, you know, in a shootout. Like, therefore, sure, fine. And, like, he hadn't called a game in two years. Um, you know, I'm sure we could nitpick and find, like, oh, this play should have been called that way, or, you know, he should have he told Jalen Hurts this before that drive or whatever, but 
Bam almost. I mean, I, I don't see any any reason to uh, to enter next year with you know with major doubts about Sark or anything like that. And, and if you look at Clemson the rest of the year in their like marquee games, take away the Ohio State game because yeah, uh, Sark you did a lot better than Ohio State did. But you know all of the, all of these the Florida State game, the Virginia Tech game, the Louisville game, those are all Clemson wins, and they're all basically the opponent scoring about this much Florida state put up 34 Virginia tech, 35 Louisville, 36. And I don't think we walked away from those games and said, Oh, well, you know, the damn offense just, just couldn't get it done. I think we said, you know, after the Louisville game, it was, wow, that was a great game. And if one or two things went, I mean, one specific thing goes in Louisville's direction, they probably win that game. Virginia tech wasn't that different either. And, and Florida state, you know, just like, a call here, a call there, uh, a missed opportunity on either side. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it felt like it felt like Sark actually called a pretty decent game. There were there were certainly points where you didn't agree with what he was doing, but not holistically. It was well, the kind of thing where I mean, if Kiffin had stayed, then what would we say about Bama's loss? Oh well, his mind was already on to FAU or whatever, you know, or if if if. If uh, if it had just been some no name offensive coordinator, no one would say anything. So, I, I yeah. will also I will also remind everybody who accuses Steve Sarkeesian of going to the past when it wasn't working or that it wasn't appropriate. What was the one game Clemson lost this year? They lost to Pitt, and how did Pitt do that? You go well. Oh, it had to be had to be James Conner on the ground, right? No, no, the, Peterman was brilliant. And threw for 308 and five TDs. I thought the trick play that Sark broke out in the fourth, like the fucking balls, man. You call in your first game in two years and you have a wide receiver throw a pass to a tight end. Um, the the double bubble screen in, in like, what was it, like four minutes, three minutes left? Uh, and it worked. I mean, come on, man! Like that—that's—that's—that's that's, <laughs> that's a that's a confident a confident play call, and no no reason to worry about Sark. It's just it's weird because I think when you watch any championship sport, you want to find you want to like place the blame on something, and it's I don't know. I kind of felt this way last year that yeah, these are two super good teams, and if they played if they played ten times, they probably split five five. But that means that, you know, Alabama, those are five games Alabama wins and five games they don't. And I don't know. It, it feels a little too overanalytical or reaching for something to really say, like, well, this person failed. This person didn't do their job. No, I mean, Alabama had a bad injury, had, had, other, had another bad injury. You know, Alabama was playing this game without an All-American in their defense. If they have that, is that the difference? Maybe. I don't know. Clemson was playing this game with their All-American that they didn't have last year and Deion Kane, who they didn't have last year. Is that the difference between this year and last year? Maybe. Like, it, it's it's very, very thin. Uh, we, we've done this before. We've done all of this before in terms of second-guessing. How's this? We've done all of this before in actually second-guessing the work of Steve Sarkeesian. Because if you go back, if we go way back, woo, way back, we go to the 2005 title game versus USC and Texas. There are numerous instances where you go, well, tactically, I don't know if that's the decision most people would agree with. 
I do because generally they're all completely ballsy. Like Pete Carroll going for it on fourth and short against Texas, which they don't get with Lendale White somehow. Like, I mean, that's sometimes you get two teams who are evenly matched. And dare I say, this is like the most, this is the most goddamn astonishing part of the entire thing. If you are looking at the story of this game and you go, well, what did I really figure out from this game? You should figure out a few things and agree or disagree if you like. Deshaun Watson is amazing. Deshaun Watson is an astonishing quarterback. Agree. I, I, like, that's, I assume this is a poll. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> please, this I love. Is, this is easy. Yeah, no, I'm giving you I'm giving you easy answers, man. Thank you. Yeah. You, you vote no if you're, like, voting anonymously and registering with a name like Dr. Butt, right? Like, <laughs> answer these five questions to take this poll. Do you buy air conditioners? I don't believe in air conditioners. But... That's Deshaun Watson is an astonishing football player, and everybody slept on him because I don't know. For the first part of the season, he uh, threw a couple of picks. He did throw a lot of picks. Had some chemistry issues on offense. Maybe it was pressing a little bit. Didn't matter. Last four or five games of the season, he's lights out, flawless. Second thing, Dabo Swinney built Clemson into a recruiting power, and the kind of like administrative bulky kind of corporate brand with enough weight to not only like people say, well, they held their own with Alabama correction. They beat Alabama's ass. They did. They warm out. They did because this is people will say this now, right? People will say, Oh, the way to beat Alabama is you just got to run more plays. You got to get that play count to like 80 or 90 yards. Do you know how, do you know how hard that is? It's also absurd because it's premised on the fact that you can that Alabama doesn't have the depth to handle that. What the fuck are you even talking about? What the fuck? Oh, I mean, no, who who can? I mean, Alabama, shoot, they don't have the depth. Dude, all they have is depth. I quote Nick Saban when he was hired by Wayne by uh away from Wayne Heizenga and hired to Alabama by Mal Moore, which was which was, and I am getting the quote very close to accurate here, which was, you may have gotten a horseshit coach, but I will not be out-recruited by anybody. <laughs> That's on the record. That's not, I'm not making anything up. That, Nick said it. He'd probably say it today. He'd be like, oh, I'm crap as a coach. He's great as a coach. He's an amazing recruiter. And that's the thing that Dabo Swinney went point for point on him here. If you looked across that field, and I ask both of you this sincerely. If you look at that field, was there anybody who you go on Clemson who you're like, yeah, he doesn't belong on the field with Alabama? Uh, the and, right, and it, the right, the right side of the line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what and what happened at the end? Of, what was the highlight at the end of the no, game? I I, I hear and, you. An overhead cam showing a double team plowing four and five stars into the end zone. Like that's amazing because the right guard was getting his ass beat, and at the end of the game, he's helping bury people. Yeah, Dabble, there, were, there, there, were, there were a lot of points where <laughs> you could find identi- uh, uh, specific matchups where it was like, oh, man, Alabama just – and they were laughing about this in the coach's room about, like, the center oh, yeah. getting his ass kicked. And, you know, there were a couple plays I, I, on that uh, – the early fourth down Clemson goes for where mm-hmm. I, I want to say it's um, – it's Leggett who lines up as a blocker and is just like, nope, just back up for so so there were definitely times where Bama Bama them pretty damn good, but 
they didn't do it enough. Here's the- yeah, and, and, and Deshaun Watson versus that pass rush. Nobody else could have done that. Any, like, no, nobody else could have even gotten the ball off as, as frequently as he did, let alone let alone complete it. And yes, yes, Chad Kelly had good games against this line and whatever, but um, I, I don't I don't recall anybody facing a rush you know quite like that and having having this game and taking a beating. Yeah, when he when he when he threw when he ran anytime he, he said after the game he was talking about uh, the helicopter hit when he got spun around by um, Fitzpatrick and Foster. Like maybe the two scariest, you know, hitters in the in the country, just in terms of you know someone running at you at that at that speed. Um, yeah, he said he got hit so hard that uh, his pants ripped, <laughs> and he was like whirling through the air, and uh, you know just just popped back up and uh, won the game. Please reevaluate your life based on the sentence. I got hit so hard my pants ripped. He thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, he thought it was funny. Meanwhile, the rest of us are like, I don't even know if that's physically possible. With Alabama, it is. That'll happen. And in all of this, when that happened, the joke of all jokes is that at the end of the game, the game plan, if you do it right, you make Alabama look fat. (laughs) You make them look fat and you make them look tired because they're a big, heavy object. And if you ask them to sprint side to side for a half and somehow aren't losing 24-7 and you have a quarterback who happens to be one of the two or three most brilliant athletes at that position and you have receivers like Clemson does and you have a line that didn't give up. Like maybe that's the stealth hero of this game. I know Deshaun Watson's spectacular, but that line got a crowbar taken to them for the first half. They just, they, I mean, to the point, yeah, where coaches were laughing at them. And then the Clemson offensive line in the second half dominates the game. And by the fourth quarter, they were mowing people down. And, and they didn't give up. Like, I think, think about mentally. Like, what, what do you give up on after, like, two tries? I give up on really, really lame shit after two tries. Uh, passwords, computer passwords. I'll give up on that after one. Just throw the computer in the garbage. I forgot password. I didn't even try it once. I already forgot it. <laughs> any like any like uh, plastic seal on food? I'm just like, nah. Go get a knife. Nah, the peel the peel don't work. Just get the knife. Nope. Guess I'm eating something else. Throw it away. <laughs> yeah, or you know, like if you have kids, cleaning up something, you're like, just throw it out. Just throw it out. I've had messes that are just so foul. You're like, nah, it's, it's beyond salvaging. Like. No, no, move. no! You gotta move, move down the street. Yeah, no, burn this house. We're done. This cave's full of garbage. We'll just move to the next one rather than clean it out, right? Like, like the cavemen of yore. We'll just fill it up, burn it. We'll come back to it in a year or two when the winter's back. Yeah, this, this child won't stop screaming. That that that's my child. Not not this one now. That yeah, one, that's my new child. This one I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, the Clemson offensive line. They didn't do that. They, they somehow managed to just, like, I, I, their offensive line coach must have just looked at them and gone, men, for the first 30 minutes of this game, you're, you're going to take an ass beating. And then they're going to get tired because they're fatter than you are. They're very large. They're very fat. And if we can get them to minute 31, this entire plot will turn. 
it was inspiring, really. Like, you watch it, you're like, I've never seen such highly touted athletes put further on their ass in a big game than I saw Alabama's defensive line. Like, the, the blue ribbon, the gold standard of the program, right? The big hogs up front that make every game this relentless sludge into cruelty and time-wasting. Yeah, they, they were blown back at the end of the game. It was awe-inspiring. I, 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 I was very, like, just to roundtable this, I was extremely happy with this game. Like, I was thrilled. I don't want to say, oh, it was the best game ever. No, I just love this game. I love how it unfolded. I love the plot. Uh, it was a delight. Sure, it was good. It was a good game. <laughs> just say it was good. You're so like, tired. He's, he's so tired right now. There have been two of these two of these now, and they are both good. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes games are bad, but these were good. He's so tired. <laughs> no, I'm not tired. I'm just I'm just, you know. Yeah, you, you, you said it, man. It was good. No, it was real good. I'm not... <laughs> I swear it was good. I feel I feel like I'm trying to convince you that I actually think it was good. You're not gonna no, that I believe you. That's it about like a that's about the appropriate pitch. I mean Ryan. Maybe I, you... maybe I think it was bad. God yeah, I don't, know. don't I don't do that. Know. Don't do that to us. No, it was yeah, no, I it was there is something striking about look looking back at it now, it seems very easy to just say, Oh, they had Deshaun Watson and you had a very talented but very young not Deshaun Watson. Um but I mean I do think Jalen Hurts is gonna be really good. I, I even even in this game where where it was sort of like until that, until the touchdown drive that gives them the gives Bama the lead late, you didn't feel like he had done a lot. He does find OJ Howard on the nice long touchdown, but by and large, it was sort of. But he also he didn't look terrified, and he didn't look he didn't look like he couldn't handle it. Um, and 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 I we probably glossed over the fact collectively that this was what he's not even nineteen. And he's playing in the national championship against a tremendously good defense. Um, they didn't sack him. They got plenty of tackles for loss and they made his life very unpleasant. But you look at Jalen Hurts numbers at the end of the year and, you know, uh, he's better than Trevor Knight. Uh, Jacob Eason, the five star everything that everybody's all excited about at Georgia. I mean, across the board, his numbers are better than him. So, I mean, to say he was not as good as Deshaun Watson is no no slight whatsoever. But I I do think I will not be terribly surprised if maybe even next year we're just like, oh damn, Jalen Hurts figured out to be really really good. Great, cool. I mean, look at it this way: when you got the proper sequence of events, and he was called on to in that sequence take his team down and score did it nearly single-handedly there's a trick there's a trick play in there and there's also jalen hurts breaking an entire defense with his legs did i mention that he can squat 540 deadlift about 550 to 565 pounds and bench press 275 you're not really going to knock him around a lot have fun there's another two years of this at least yeah it's i mean he so he ends the season throwing 382 passes and he only throws nine picks like as 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 a freshman as a freshman i mean 
that's damn good. Yeah, like I don't I don't want to accuse Alabama of being all, you know, black curtains and, you know, undertaker shit. No. There's some spectacular joyous athleticism at work here if you're watching Jalen Hurts. And by the way, like I I happen to love like the version of this offense that Sarkeesian runs because it's a little more it's a little more quarterback friendly in that sense. Like they're gonna he's gonna let him run. And he's gonna use that, boot him out. And encourage him to use his legs. Like, the Alabama offense, it could be pretty fun. It was already sort of fun to watch this year. It was fun when Kiffin got there. You know how I know this? You know how I know this is a good game? We're all being, like, kind of earnest. It's weird, right? It's it's weird that we... I'm I'm sorry if you listen to this hoping for good riffs and jokes, because we failed. No, this was was a time when uh, the game itself eclipsed the actual snarkiness of this show we should have just talked about uh steve adazio at pizza parties that's all we should yeah let's let's circle back to that okay he'd ruin them he just he'd just dominate them he'd be like a a pizza party eclipse by himself going you know here they've got uh such a great double team right there i bring my own meatballs to put on the pizza i find the ones they use are too uh too small and too dry we don't have actually any football do we like, like this was. It's fun to watching this happen because you go, "Wow, look, man, Marty Smith's gonna follow them back to Clemson. They're gonna have a parade." And then, yep, that's fine. That's okay. Now it's Hope. time for Jim Harbaugh to take off his pants and piss <laughs> off Paul Feinbaum <laughs> for nine months, showing off, recruiting with that flouncy, trouncy flashiness. No, man, now it's time for Spencer to get the Cal job. We didn't even, I like this, that we can do a whole national title game, get to like, you know, 45 minutes into this podcast. But all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, Cal like just fired that coach. (laughs) Just woke up like, oh man, I know you're the real Lebowski. Boom, fired. Cal fucking news dumped Sonny Dykes. Which... I don't know if you know this. Florida does need an offensive coach, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's sure. I, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Get, get, come on. How do you not trust an offensive coach named Sonny? <sighs> okay. I mean, it's also the name of a terrible barbecue chain in the state. So thanks. Terrible. Terrible. Oh, deplorable. Sonny's is so bad. Sonny's is sheer ass. It is. It's like sorry, are we talking about Cal? I'm confused. Yeah, we are. Sonny, no, Sonny's no. program is below average. Sonny, yeah. Sonny's restaurant is rotten. I don't want. I, listen, we're gonna have a lot of time to do our preview shows and probably do even a worse job with them. I do want to know, Jason, if you have any early lines on uh, who you're gonna be who you're looking at for the chicken bet with Godfrey. This oh year. man, far, it's far, far too early. Far for too such early. A, <laughs> I, I, it'll depend on um, who Godfrey is high on, I think, because he'll tend to favor a team that he uh, knows the coaches or, or whatever. Not that he's, you know, not, not, not that he's a Homer journalist or anything, but, no, but, it's, if, but it's, if he gets it's, a sense from the coaches that they're high on their team, that kind of thing. 
Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be higher on that team, um, and I'm just gonna do whatever Bill C says to do. Um, I will before we get off of Cal. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, and I'm not saying you should read anything into this. Cal hosts hosts Ole Miss week three next year. Mm, my beloved Cal Bears, actually, <laughs> but. But but with Sonny Sonny leaving, I don't know if they are my bel- am I still stuck with them? Because no, the you, whole joke you, no. was I hated their offense. So that oh, was why I'm, they were- I'm I'm bailing on Stanford, so it's okay. Oh, we're free. We're free of this. This this we gotta find a new rivalry then. Yeah, uh it turns out having uh Title Nine write up in the New York Times, yeah, I'm probably gonna just walk away from you. Thanks yeah, for yeah. Had just, a had just, a good year, Stanford. It was fun. Set that one aside. Okay, so let's let's think on this. I have two projects. Then I have to bet on chicken with Godfrey, and I have to find a uh, a rivalry trophy to pretend to care about um, with you. Uh, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about being an Auburn fan next year. So if so, if you want to be a Georgia Ooh. fan, you can do that or Bama. Uh, whatever mm, you want. I'll pass on both of those. I'm mostly saying that to make Spencer crazy. So <laughs> it's not happening. You can keep Sega. It's just not. <laughs> I think he just forbid you to do it. <laughs> not in this house. Not as not as long as you're eating my meatloaf, kid. <laughs> Smelling these gold toe socks on my couch. That's right. Uh, I I I think for next year, if I'm picking the team that uh, is going to make it, I already said this as much. It, the dark horse pick. Dark Horse pick for me for the national title, for at least for how's this for the playoff. This is, this is when Auburn makes you feel it, man. Auburn, we haven't really like every time you think Auburn doesn't matter. Every time you think you can write them off, they just ruin things. They just come through. That's true. Yeah. And and every time you think Auburn's going to be great, they aren't. I didn't say that. Notice the way I'm framing it. No, I understand. Like, oh man, they're going to be good. No, 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 no. But I'm saying because this is not a year, I I don't expect this will be a year where everybody's going to be like, oh, "Well, look out for Auburn." So they already have that hurdle cleared. They don't have the high expectations that they won't fulfill. Exactly. What I can say is this: they're going to ruin <laughs> shit. That's yeah, it. That's all they Auburn. Always, they always do, man. I, I just remember that two years ago, Auburn was the SEC favorite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That happened. That happened, right? So, so, so now they're going to be picked, you know, probably like fourth, fourth in their Third division. Third or fourth, right? Yeah. And then Jared Siddham's going to come along, and they're just going to like rip shit, and everyone's going to think they're good, and then they're going to blow it. That's it. They're going to go in like first, and they'll go in on a playoff where they face, I don't know, let's pick some like extremely trifling team that slides in. Ohio State. All right, they'll go in and Ohio State will be like, oh, Ohio State hasn't scored more than 18 points all season. And they'll lose like 55-20 to Ohio mm. State in the playoff. I see it coming, Auburn, already. It'll be like, the SEC's back. Let's see how they do against these piss-ass Buckeyes. And then they'll just cop it out. <laughs> wow. Like, we'll, be like, we'll be like, Urban Meyer's done. He's never stayed anywhere this long. He can't replace coaches. Look, his offense has been crap. Then they'll just obliterate Gus Malzahn this this is the year I mean uh, I, listen we're already now let just get on board with it now the ACC is the dominant conference accept it into your heart it's not nine, the SEC anymore nine and three 
nine and three. Everyone ran to the comfort of the Big Ten because they're like, well, they were good in the 80s. Boy, it worked. No, son. So was George hey. Michael, and how'd that go? <laughs> I'm hurt. Hurt. I'm sorry. I like George Michael, too. I just couldn't help it. No, 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 no. You don't like him. Get your name out of his mouth. <laughs> now, are you are you mad that are are you mad that are are you mad that Ryan associated him with the Big Ten? Is that what we're mad about? I there are so many offensive layers to this reference. <laughs> the gesture, advanced as it is, is an attack on no less than seven planes of reality. Listen, if you're telling me you don't think being arrested for a minor sexual offense in a bathroom is an extremely Ohio State, I don't even know you anymore. 